0: We'll also, we're continuing in today's Mishnah Yomi, and we find ourselves in the Peah, Perek Gimel, Chapter Three, and today's Mishnah are Vov and Zion Six and Seven. Mishnah Vov says as Rabbi Eliezer Omer, says that if you have land, if you have land that is large enough to be able to plant. Literally a quarter of a kav of seeds. If you look at the Rashma, I'm sorry, the Bar he says makum is So if you so Rabbi Eliezer says, in order for a field to be chayiv in peah, it has to be a large enough field that you could plant a quarter of a kav of. Seeds. And again, the Bartonur explains this is a field that is 10 amos, 10 and a half amos by 10 amos. So the idea would be, if, again, if you figure that an amos is a foot and a half, so about 15 feet by 15 feet. Rabbi Yoshua says, Rabbi Yeshua says that the truth is the obligation of payah is not really dependent on the size of the field, but rather is dependent on the output of the field. So any field that at least produces Right, two sa'ah of seeds ultimately will be chayv and peah. So an interesting machlokas: do we ge- do we generate an obligation based on based on the size of the field or based on the yield of the field? Rabbi Tarifun, Omer shisha al shi'it shisha t'fachim. Rabbi Tarifun says even a tiny field that is only six t'fachim by six t'fachim is enough to generate a peah obligation. Rabbi Yehuda Omer k'del lishnos kade licht Even if the field is so small that there's only enough words, literally means that you harvest and there's enough to harvest again now the Baratunur explains that normally the way you would harvest was when you were harvesting you would grab a handful of wheat and then you would cut it down with the sickle, so that's how you would harvest that's what it means, if, you, is, if there's essentially two handfuls of wheat in the field two handfuls of standing crop that is enough to go ahead and generate a peah obligation and the Mishnah says that the halacha follows the position of Rabbi Yehud ben Beseira, that even if the field is so small that all it does is produce handful of wheat that, gener- that, that there is still a payah obligation. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says So again, let's go through this. Rabbi Kiva says if you have land of any any amount, any, any small amount of land is going to be chayyav and peyah. Akiva holds that any field of any size is chayyav and Not only that, the obligation to bring first fruits. Remember, as actually very Shaykh, the is that Shemitah cancels debts. Now, the way to avoid that is if one goes ahead and hands their debt over to Bezdin. Bazin has the ability to go ahead and collect that debt. Now, interestingly enough, the halacha is that a principle is only effective if the borrower has land. How much land do you have to have? Any amount of land. Now, there's an interesting idea as well, that halacha l'maysa, you could acquire movable property... With, with non-movable property. Or to say it a little bit differently, if I'm acquiring land, which is non-movable property, I can go ahead and acquire metal and movable property along with the land. How much land does one have to acquire in order to be able to acquire movable property along with it? Land of any size, any amount. Good. So Mishnah Zion continues along this same theme, and Mishnah, says, Mishnah Zion says as follows. Now that we established that Land of any amount is enough to go ahead and Michael and Payah, bikurim is enough to secure the debt for the borrower to write a prosbol on it and to go ahead and serve as the mechanism for acquiring movable property together with the land. Mishnah Zayin says as follows Sakosiv Nukhasiv so this is an interesting case. So there's a concept of Matna a Person is on their deathbed and they want to gift their property. They want to gift their property as a result of their illness. So now here's the interesting question. Somebody goes ahead and gives away their property on their deathbed. So let's say Baruch Hashem, then they recover. So the question then becomes, what is the status of the gift? Does the gift still remain in effect? Or do we see that since the person recovered, the gift is now void? So the Mishnah says something very interesting. It depends. If a person was on his deathbed and he he, give, he gifted away all of his property, if he maintained even a small amount, minuscule amount of land for himself, then ultimately again, matanoso matano. His gift is a gift. Meaning what? Since he retained some land for himself, the Mishnah understands that it's clear that his gift was not dependent on his death. In other words he took into account that he may that he may recover that's why he went ahead and retained some land for his own use masha inking whereas lo shir Koshu, but if a person gifted away all of his property and he did not maintain any land for himself and then he recovers from his illness the gift is void because the idea is since he didn't retain anything for himself he obviously gifted everything away assuming or with the, right, assuming that he was going to die. So therefore, again, the gift is fundamentally dependent on his imminent death. If he does not die, then by definition, the gift is void. Similarly, the Mishnah says, <laughs> If a man, same idea as a shchiv a person on his deathbed, a person on his deathbed is going out and dividing up his estate amongst his sons, Before his actual death. And he goes ahead and he writes a piece of property to his wife. He writes uh, amongst the stuff that he's giving to his sons. He gives a piece of property to his wife which means that now his wife is aware of what's happening so by her accepting this piece of property she gives up her right to any other subsequent ksuva claim in other words, she heard that her husband was giving her this piece of land, she did not object or she did not say anything you know, to indicate her displeasure with this so therefore she accepted this land as her payout from the estate Rabbi Yossi Omer Rabbi Yossi says Alpha Pishalokas of Law Ibdak Suvasar. Yoshi takes this a step further and he says that Allah you see in the first case the husband's actually papering this agreement right he's saying he's, he, he papers he writes down a document what he's giving to each of his sons and he writes down what he has given to his wife and now she accepts that document ultimately again she gives up any other rights to any other Ksuva payment however Rabbi Ossi says even if he did not paper it but he simply set it in her presence right and she accepted it in other words she did not object to this arrangement then ultimately again, Ibda Ksuvasa. She goes out and she gives up her rights to any subsequent, or to any additional Ksuvah payment. Wonderful. Alright, everyone, we'll stop over here for today, wishing everyone a wonderful day.